Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow. I'm your host, Phil Denner, along, as always, with Joe Denner. Uh, Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Phil? I am doing fantastic. Uh, for those of you who have just started listening to us, Joe is the founder and president of Alliant Leadership. I would encourage you to visit his site, joedenner.com, check out his blog, subscribe, uh, and receive uh, an ebook, his ebook, as a free gift for subscribing to the email. Uh, Joe, when we last recorded our uh, podcast for, uh, for November, uh, you were getting ready to head for South Africa for two weeks. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that trip? Yeah, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, it was actually my wife and I were gone for about 17 days, and we had an absolutely wonderful time in both uh, South Africa and Zimbabwe. And we celebrated our 25th anniversary uh, by doing this trip together. And we, as I, as you know, got a couple days at the end to just enjoy down in Cape Town, which was mm-hmm. oh my, absolutely amazing. I had no idea. Uh, what I was in for, the sights, uh, the beautiful ocean and mountains in the background. It was just uh, fantastic. Yeah, one of my dreams is to visit Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was well worth it. But we had a great time, uh, spoke at a conference, and there was just a real emphasis throughout our trip on building strong relationships in the home, in the church, and the business, you know, whatever context uh, that person was coming from. But it was just a real strong emphasis on the importance of really caring for the heart of people that you're involved with. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like an amazing trip. And I got to see all kinds of pictures and videos and was just blown away. Uh, I've I think I mentioned in the last podcast that I've been able to go over twice. Mm-hmm. And it's just the reminder of seeing the people I've met uh, that you got to minister to. And it was just, uh, I can't wait to go back. That's for yeah, sure. That's um, right. But you mentioned building stronger relationships, uh, which is a great transition into our topic today, which is five ways to build strong relationships with your employees. And uh, I have a quote here uh, from the book, The Power of Full Engagement, and it says, No single factor more clearly predicts predicts the productivity of an employee than his relationship with his direct supervisor. Yeah, that's that's an amazing quote that I came across actually a number of years ago. Uh, Honestly, I, I can't even remember where I first encountered it, but then... I wound up reading the book, The Powerful Engagement, last year and saw it again. And I would just say absolutely agree. Um, this is a critical, critical topic uh, that we're talking about today. I know for some people, the, the whole topic of relationships is is soft yeah. and maybe seems a little uncomfortable. But I, I would say that in today's world, more than ever before, uh, this is critical to generating meaningful and sustainable results. Uh, I think I think people that ignore uh, this topic have the potential opportunity to generate some short-term results, but I think it will be almost impossible to, over the long haul, uh, do that without building strong and authentic relationships. So I'm excited to talk about this today. Yeah, I mean, something I would add there, I just remember even when I was, a, I don't, can't remember how old, very, very young, um, I would use, I used to go to work with you when you were working for uh, Metro Group and Proficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just remember one thing that really stuck out to me was whenever I would come to work with you, everyone would be so excited. Be, oh, it's Joe's kid. 
And I just remember realizing how great of a relationship you had with your employees. And I know that how, how much success you were able to get from that. So yeah. Yeah. why don't we jump into uh, the five ways you want to start us out, Joe? Sure. Uh, number one is active listening. Uh, it's an incredibly important skill. Uh, interestingly, I've, I've just started a short blog series on this. So if you would jump out to the blog, you get a little bit more details about this. But I, I think with the changing dynamics in the workplace over the 10 plus last 10 plus years with the, uh, you know, the, the uh, coming up of the millennial generation, especially, uh, I think that being a highly skilled listener has become one of the most important skills for anyone who wants to be uh, a great leader without any question. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, the, the attributes, uh, I think the best way to communicate is just to give you some of the key attributes uh, associated with active listening. I think it's a topic or a, a, a term that most people have heard of. But active listening is these things. Number one, first and foremost, it is intentional. Mm. Uh, I, it has got to be a decision that you make to be a great listener. So first of all, it's intentional. Second of all, which seems kind of obvious, but it really is focused on the speaker. Uh, there are so many distractions today with our oh, smartphones, definitely. our iPads, our tablets, our, you know, there's noises and notifications coming from everywhere, uh, not to mention everything else going around in our environment. And it's really important to just zero in on and stay very focused on the speaker. Uh, the next thing is that active listening is curious. Uh, there's a, a curiosity to know more, to get at more of what this person has to say that also drives active listening and being successful. The next key thing is that it goes beyond words. Um, over 90% of communication is nonverbal, according to some studies. And so just a gigantic amount of what we are trying to communicate to people uh, has nothing to do with the words that we choose. It has to do with our gestures and our facial expressions, the tempo that we, with which we're speaking. Uh, sometimes if there's repetition involved in things that we're saying, we're, we're trying to emphasize things, and oftentimes that happens subconsciously. So active listening goes beyond just the words that are spoken. And, and last of all, it, and these are the things that probably people remember if they've learned about active listening, is that it summarizes, it paraphrases, it's, it's active, it's involved in the conversation conversation and, and that's important. And bottom line, active listening communicates to people, you are important, you matter to me. Yeah. And, and something interesting, I was able to uh, take a class uh, called Effective Listening mm -hmm. at Missouri State when I yeah. was there. And some of these things you're mentioning are dead on uh, what I learned in the class. I remember we did some projects based off of companies who are uh, using the effective listening, the active mm -hmm. listening, and going over the different types of listening. And the one that really stuck out to me was uh, you mentioned going beyond words yeah. and the things that people don't see. That is the verbal and the nonverbal difference, and it's how you are uh, acting, you know, mm -hmm. the different things that you're portraying as you're sitting there. Are you on your phone, like you mentioned, the distraction of technology? And so I think that's so important. Uh, for managers and, and business owners that, you know, the nonverbals are things yeah. that are very important. They're going to come across to people and you need to be very careful about that. Well, yeah, I mean, the studies show we say more through what we don't say than what we do say. So this whole thing of active listening is a game changer. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, what's number two? Number two is related to that, and it's asking powerful questions. So as we listen, it's important that we engage in really drawing out from that person, and we do that by asking powerful questions. Hmm. This is the key to opening people up. It is the key to opening their heart and touching their emotions as well as their intellect. Um, Asking powerful questions empowers people. It builds confidence, and it says to them, I trust you and, and I value you. And, and it's really, really important to have um, more effective communication, two-way communication. So we're listening well, but then we ask questions that continue that conversation and deepen that conversation and really empower that person. Uh, the attributes of powerful questions, so because I get that all the time, well, what's a powerful question? Yeah. Well, first <laughs> of all, it's, it's open-ended. Um, it's not a yes, no question in particular. It's a question that begins with what, how, when, and it's a very open-ended question that allows the other person to really take that question in whatever direction that they would like to. Uh, the second piece is that it's timely or relevant. Uh, it's really important that I ask questions that are in the flow of the conversation. Have you ever, have you ever been in a conversation and somebody asks a question and you go, where, where did that come from? Yeah. You I know. do it myself sometimes when I say something and I'm like, yeah. I even look at myself or not really look at myself, but yeah. I take a step back and I go, what, wait, why did I ask that? Yeah. So it's important because when we ask questions that are timely or relevant, it's just affirming to the person that we actually are listening. Hmm. Um, another piece that's important is to ask questions that are without judgment. You know, sometimes when we ask questions and sometimes it's in the tone of our voice or sometimes it's in our own body language. uh, But other times it's in the way the words that we choose too. is we want to ask questions that really withhold judgment. We want to we want to vet this idea. We want to hear this person out. So it's important to withhold judgment. And the last thing uh, is that powerful questions are often followed by silence. And and that can be uncomfortable for some people. (laughs) But it's important to be a great communicator is to be able to ask questions and then allow time for that person to process the answer. And, and then um, so that really less, yeah, sorry to interrupt. No, so that, that really connects with that first one. The active listening is asking powerful questions sure. and then having the ability to actively listen and be open to having that silence. I know right. that's so difficult, especially for me. Yeah. And, um, and then I would just say there are certain types of questions to avoid. I don't want to take up a lot of time in the podcast, so I'd just say I refer you to my uh, blog post about the, the types of damaging questions to avoid uh, because there certainly are some potholes and some pitfalls here. Yeah, definitely go vin- uh, visit Joe's blog, joedenner.com. Click on the blog there, and you can also find these podcasts there. Uh, Joe, moving on, how about we move on to number three? Yeah, number three is establishing clear expectations. Mm. Um, Actually, these next three points are all uh, in my blog uh, in various places, but this one is really critical, and it comes out of some important research that was done by the Gallup organization a number of years ago that um, talks about how to create highly engaged employees. Yeah, and and um, you've seen some of the stats on that, and I think we'll touch on that a little bit later. But yeah, I have some actually up in front of me yeah, right now. Good. Um, 
Establishing clear expectations is the absolute number one most important thing in creating a highly engaged employee. They, they need to be clear about what you expect from them as their manager. Um, and here's the important thing that I would point out here today. It's important that you communicate in terms of results or outcomes instead of just activities. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so many times we tell people what we want them to do but we aren't clear, we don't paint them a clear picture of what success looks like. So as you do this activity or these sets of activities, it's important that we give them a clear understanding of what does a great result look like from this. And, and just as an example, say you've got a, a person who's in charge of collecting cash uh, for your business and you've got them making collection calls and you've got them doing different things to follow up on open invoices, and one of the things I tell people is, okay, well, what is, what's the number you expect them to hit in terms of, uh, of a ratio called the day's sales outstanding? Mm. Um, is it 35 days? Is it 25 days? I mean, what is the result? How quickly do you want the cash in the door? Don't just tell them to make phone calls and here's how to make the phone calls. Tell them how quickly you want the cash in the door. That's a, a key distinguishing factor. Yeah, I mean... Employee engagement, I think, is really connected to the relationship because oh, when you have absolutely. people that aren't engaged, there's they don't want to be, um, they don't want to be close. They don't want to be open with you. They don't, they don't feel they can trust you. Um, I have something of Gallup up here. It says only 13% of employees worldwide are engaged at work, um, and it's saying that you know managers everywhere can help solve this problem, and that's by. Uh, like you said, these different things here, establishing clear expectations is definitely um, something that really is important. Yeah. I mean, if you look all through the Gallup survey, the whole, the whole idea of relationship within the workplace just pops all over the place from that survey. And so these last three points in particular are critical ways to, to do that. But I believe the first two points that we shared already um, are kind of inherent in, in these next three. So. Yeah. Um, those first three are, are really important. Yeah, and just to recap those first three for you folks, uh, active listening, asking powerful questions, and establishing clear expectations are three of the ways you can improve the relationship with your employees. Number four, Joe, what are we looking at? Uh, number four is ensuring that they have the tools, materials, and equipment to do their job effectively. So we've just said that it's important that they understand what you expect from them. But how frustrating would it be if you know exactly what your boss wants from you or your team leader, and yet they haven't given you what you need in order to produce those results? Yeah. Uh, that's really frustrating. I mean, if you're a computer programmer and here you are, you know, you're pumping out code every day, but you're constantly contacting IT because your computer can keep, keeps crashing or keep having problems with the network. Man, that would just that would drive you crazy. And yeah. so here you'd be like, hey, you've told me what you want me to do, but you, you aren't putting me in a position to be able to do it. That just really eats away at people's engagement and creates uh, creates burnout. It creates uh, just frustration that leads a person to just back away emotionally from their yeah. job. So this is this is important as well. Would you include inside of these uh, tools, materials, and equipment? Would training be something that would fit into Absolutely. those? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Because I've seen so many times, even in my own work experience, where. They just don't provide the right training for people, and people are just left kind of out to dry. Oh, yeah. And expected. They have expectations, but 
they don't have the training to be able to do it right. And so then there's just a lot of frustration that boils over. Yeah, it's it's a big problem and, and it absolutely is a part of, of this point. And, and one of the big problems is that companies are dealing with smaller and smaller margins. And so the, the money and the resources and the time available for training uh, just seems to be slipping away. But I would, I would just encourage uh, business owners and leaders out there, I don't think you can afford uh, to skimp on this. I yeah. think you need to do what you can with, uh, with the resources that you have, and you've got to get people the training and the equipment that they need. I mean, I think that connects back to the last podcast, which is about the seven mistakes uh, companies are making when hiring because we talked about um, the traffic of, of employees coming in and out because people oh, yeah. aren't wanting to stay. And I think these all these ways are just are big factors for yes, this. absolutely. All right, number five. Number five is to make sure that they are on the right seat or in the right seat on the bus. Uh, and this now is, com- is that the company bus? Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this comes from Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, uh, where he coined the term, you know, people being on the bus. Are they the right people on the bus? But then, if they are, if they belong on the bus, the question is, are they in the right seat? Are they playing the right role? Are they, yeah. are they in the right function for them? Um, and the important thing here is to try to give people the opportunity to do what they do best every day. And um, you mentioned some stats, and, and we just uh, came across these stats just the other day from, uh, I believe the guy's name is Russ Faulkner, and, and a book that he wrote yeah. uh, about the Gallup survey and about some of it. And interestingly enough, um, only uh, 53% of people who have scored out as unengaged uh, get the opportunity to do what they do best every day. Hmm. Well, this is a big reason why they're not engaged. It's because their mind and their heart is elsewhere. And so yeah. it's really important that we give people the opportunity uh, to do this. And this takes effort. It takes yeah. effort. And I remember there were there was a one particular guy that worked for me a number of years ago who I, th- I think I had him in three or four positions before we finally found the right spot for him. I mean, I, I really believed that he belonged on the bus. I really believed from a character, from an attitude, uh, you know, values standpoint that he belonged. But, but we just had a rough time finding the right spot for him. But once we did, man, he took off and he just soared. Yeah. So and just to give you folks a, a view of the other side of that stat there, those who were scored as highly engaged, 99% yeah. said they were able to do what they do best every day. So I think that's very, uh, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, we have a lot of opportunity to influence this. Uh, so many leaders and, and people that I've worked with over the years, they get frustrated at people. And yet the problem is, as uh, Henry Cloud says in his book, uh, leaders, you are ridiculously in charge. You you yeah. get what you create or allow, and and we have the opportunity to influence these things. We have an opportunity to um, have a major direct impact on people's performance and whether or not they are mentally and emotionally invested in our companies. And so I just really I challenge leaders out there to uh, to take these things seriously. All right. And Joe, uh, I believe you actually had a bonus item you wanted to add to uh, the list here. 
Yeah, and and it's because you know we we came up with the number five, and yet, man, there was this one that I just felt, man, this is critical. We've really got to get this in here, and that is that I think it's important to regularly and consistently consistently uh, give people some appreciation or recognition. Yes. Yeah, and according to Gallup's survey, uh, that should happen at least once every seven days. Uh, it's it's really important, and I would say, man, people are just crying out for uh, being appreciated. They just want to know what that they're what they're doing matters, and that mm-hmm. somebody notices, and and they really want that. So here's a couple of things that I would encourage you with, because this is not about just saying, "Hey, Phil, good job" on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, it is about being very specific with them about what it is that they have done. And it's helping them understand the benefit of what they've done. Um, you know, how did it help your team? How did it help uh, a client? So I just here's a quick example uh, that I've given in the past, and and I will give here. So here's one example. I, I come, let's say I, I have a young gal named Angela who works for me, and I she's done something, and and I come up to her and I say, Hey, Angela, you know what? You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Now. She doesn't know what she's doing great. (laughs) I mean, for the moment, it feels great. Like Mm -hmm. to have your boss say, hey, you're doing great. Keep it up. There's this momentary like, oh, wow, that feels really good. But then, you know, that feeling, that feeling unfortunately slips away rather quickly if they're left with, well, wait a minute, I'm doing all kinds of stuff. Does that mean I'm doing great at everything? Does it, what am I doing well at? So, Here's what I would encourage, and this is just a, an example that I've chosen, and, and, and rather go up to Angela and say this. Hey, Angela, you know what? You're doing a great job with those daily reports on sales activity, and you know what? It's really helping me stay focused on the things I need to do to make our group more successful. Thank you so much, and you know what? Keep it up. And now that, boom, Angela now walks away knowing two things. First of all, I like the work that she's doing on these reports. Yeah. And second of all, she knows that those reports really are important to me in the job that I'm doing. Because, man, I don't know how many people I, I've run to over the years who are just cranking out all those reports. And they have no idea if anybody's even looking at them. Yeah. And, and so you are now telling that person, hey, this is what you did well. And here's how what you did well has benefited me as your manager or a customer or a fellow employee or whomever it may be. Help them know what they've done and the impact that it's having. And wow, that goes a long, long way. Yeah. And and you mentioned the survey earlier. We kind of looked at it. Um, 13% of those who scored low or no engagement said they had been praised recently. Yeah. Uh, while in the opposite spectrum, 88% of people who are highly engaged said they've been praised recently. And I would just say personally that praise is something especially I love. Mm-hmm. Um, now, anybody loves praise, but uh, I just think back through some of the work experience I've had, and I've, I've had some great experiences, and I've had some frustrating experiences, and I know the feeling of not wanting to be engaged in what I'm doing when I don't know that I'm doing a good job, and I don't know, you know, that there's anything, any benefit of what I'm doing to anyone. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got, I've got one guy that I've worked with who just, I mean, blew it out of the water. I mean, he crushed the, the projections (laughs) and the goal and almost no recognition at all. And I'm telling you, he's feeling it and it's wearing on him. And so, 
it's it, this is really important. Just one other thing I'll point out, and then we can wrap up, is that there is a difference between appreciation and recognition. Appreciation is that kind of more private, one-on-one, thank you. Um, hey, you did really well on these reports, and it's really helping me. Recognition is more public. And the one caution I'll give here is that you want to know your people well enough to know which one of those or the combination of those is going to uh, encourage them the most. Because I've actually had an employee in the past, many, many years ago, who despised being publicly recognized. I mean, he would not (laughs) want his name on anything that was published anywhere. As a matter of fact, that would have, it would have taken my relationship with backwards because he knew that I knew that. And so I think it's important, know your employees, know what they value in terms of appreciation or recognition, and make sure that you offer that to them on a regular basis. Because there are some of us out there like me who I have a very high bar. Um, I have a very high bar for myself, and that meant that I often had a very high bar for people that work for me. And so giving praise, giving appreciation and recognition was not something that came naturally to me. It was something I had to work very, very hard at. And I'm just saying there are some of you out there in the audience today who you're wired in such a way that you just expect people to do great work. And so when they do it, you just don't even naturally think about giving them appreciation or recognition because that's what you expected. Um, But this is huge. As you mentioned, of the people who reported as unengaged, uh, only 13% of them have gotten appreciation in the last week. And uh, those numbers are very telling. Well, before we finish, the overall um, idea I'm really getting from this is you need to be intentional uh, to build those relationships. Yes. All, all of these, you know, you mentioned it with active listening, but I feel like there's really a uh, broad uh, scope mm-hmm. of intentionality uh, throughout all of these these six, um, the five plus bonus <laughs> yep, uh, nope, ways of improving. That's good insight, Phil. Yep, it's just, you know, it's going to take some work. You need to, uh, to work on it and, it, and it might not be comfortable at first, um, but it's something that will be worth it in the end to you. Agreed. Well, Joe, thanks again, as always, uh, for joining us today for your helpful insight. And just as a reminder, uh, I would invite you all to visit joedenner.com and subscribe to his blog. And by doing so, you will get his ebook as a free gift. And if you have enjoyed these podcasts, I would encourage you to go to iTunes and subscribe, share them with your friends, visit the joedenner.com podcast area as well. Um, invite your friends to listen in for our next podcast, which will be January 6th of 2016. Wow. Wow. Where's the time gone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, with that podcast, we're going to be talking about Joe's top 10 books of 2015. So I'm sure uh, it'll be very interesting. Yeah, I'm excited about that. All right. And then as always, thank you for listening in. I'm your host, Phil Denner. Join us again next time for another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow. Tomorrow.